Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. I'm Ryan Salisbury. I'm Chris Nivens. Today, we are talking about probably one of the most interesting topics that oh, I yeah. can think of. This one's a fucking ass rocker. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this this is going to bump our numbers like oh, crazy, yeah. because people are just going to be talking about this all over the net, you know? Mm-hmm. You're going to be like... Oh man, I can't believe no podcast has talked about this before because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just reading about it every day. Like everyone's talking about it all the time, and uh, you know, just no one ever talks about it on podcasts for some reason. Yeah, it's like marginally more interesting than like um, math rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say. I would say it is. It is a kind of math rock. Yeah, it's yeah, basically the ma- the math rock of economics. Basically, I would say. Which you know, I don't know if that tells you anything, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, today we're talking about government bonds. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Yes. All right. Now this is technically very technically distinct from government bondage, but not very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost the same thing. This is for the rich. Yeah. Um. Sort of more like uh, like regular bondage is right. for the rich yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so just an intro. Let's let's talk about the very basics of bonds. Because I don't know about y'all, but a couple of years ago, I had no fucking idea what a bond was. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I've it's had like, to... what is this? Some kind of other money? <laughs> yeah. It's a birth certificate with I'm, numbers on it. I'm a normal dumb guy that's learning all this stuff. I've just had a you know a little bit longer to to learn it. Yeah. So I'm relaying it to. Uh, all you listeners. So the very basics of bonds are they are a financial security and a security is just like an agreement mm-hmm. to, that has to do with finance. Essentially, it's pretty like much a, yeah. it's like an asset. It's, it's a it's essentially like a signed promise. Yeah. If yeah. you think about it, socially speaking. Yeah. yeah. Like a stock is a security. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, all those derivative mm-hmm. fucking things that nobody understands. <laughs> Securities. Bitcoin. Security. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, it's a financial security where the issuer slash borrower uh promise to pay back the buyer slash lender that's not right the issuer slash lender <laughs> promises to pay back the buyer slash borrower a specified amount at the specified date maybe it was right i don't know uh i wrote it very confusingly so basically <laughs> uh the government <laughs> sells you a promise to pay you back more than they gave you yep or more than you gave them right this is the magic god bonds. damn man i'm just, <laughs> You're just confusing everyone right, right out of the now. gate yeah <laughs> I mean, you guys have probably heard of like savings bonds, treasury bonds. It's, you know, I give the government uh, $100 and then in five years I get to collect, you know, $110, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So U.S. treasury bonds are a familiar example for Americans. Uh, most governments, to my knowledge, issue bonds. And uh, Chris actually went and uh, verified this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I looked up. I was just suddenly curious, uh, and, I, and I looked up whether the, the Democratic uh, People's Republic of Korea issues bonds, and in fact, they do. Um, they they tried a stint in, like, I think the 70s, and then all the bonds defaulted, and then, um, which, I mean, I get it. Communism versus capitalism, like, why fucking wouldn't you default your bonds if you're trying to sell them to other people, but, like... They didn't then have they, MMT. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and then and then like they re they kind of I think uh, kicked them back up in like twenty oh two thousand three excuse me. Um, they're called the People's Life Bonds, which you know I get that. Um, but yeah, moving moving back to the main. I was just thinking like um, every time I think about North Korea now, mm-hmm. I think of this uh, segment on John Oliver, which of course is a a liberal show. Right. With, 
pretty bad politics. Right. Quite a your, lot of the your time. Your dose of confirmation bias. But tonight. like, yeah. their segment on, like, they had some segment about North Korea. Uh-huh. And it was honestly like some of the best, like, pro North Korea propaganda <laughs> ever because they showed this woman who was like giving a guy a tour and was talking about how uh, Kim uh, shot a bullseye from like 300 yards away when he mm. was like four years old. Oh my God. And uh, the reporter was like, oh like, <laughs> smugly it's like wow that's pretty impressive like uh, uh, saying like oh obviously that's bullshit and she's just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's and then uh, and then later on they're uh they bring up president obama to this random north korean woman uh-huh. and uh they're like oh what do you think about uh president obama and she says something in korean and then the translator turns to the guy and she's like uh, she says that if she had a gun, she would like to shoot him. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, this lady rules. Hell yes. <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> That's so fucking So, funny. yeah, left me with a, a better image of North Korea than I went in with, I gotta right, say. Right. <laughs> oh, and, and just on that note, I actually just listened to um, this episode by Pearls of the Roundtable, okay. um, a podcast of like, I guess, I guess they're self-described. Knights of the show, Pearls uh, of the Roundtable. You know what? Knights of the show. No, oh, Knights of the show. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slow. Um, but yeah, they, they did an episode recently about um, um, North Korea, um, mostly from like the modern experience of Shanghyu, who uh, is like a, a rapper who like um, went and visited North Korea okay. and like talked to. This is a Chinese rapper? Koreans. Uh yeah, uh I think it's Chinese Korean okay. American or something like that. Um and you know, apologies if I fucked that up. I, I was listening half listening. Um anyway, but it was it was pretty interesting because like they did talk like um Shangyu and other like visitors like on this tour were talking oh. to the quote unquote handlers, right? About like, oh what's life like and like, you know, and like one of the guys is like, oh yeah, it's fine, you know. It's and he's like, oh, you know. And then one of the people who was like just this fucking bootlicker was like, so, um, I mean, do you even own your house? And the guy's like, why would I have to own my house? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and I know, like, I'm fucking pirating this from the other podcast. So like, listen to the whole thing if you if you're interested in this stuff. Like, yeah. of course, it's from like a more of like I think a Marcus Leninist point of view. So like, if, if you're cool with that or if you're into it, like, go for it. I just thought it was really interesting, and and you know, I'm whatever. But like, yeah, the guy was like. Why would I have to own my house? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you want it to be secure. And like, well, I mean, well, if you can't own your house, then like, how are you going to sell it? And he's like, why would I want to sell my house? <laughs> I live crazy. there. What are you talking right, about? Right. He's like, this is not a problem. Are you crazy? For me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was like, this is fucking That's awesome. great. Yeah. I like how that was the, the glorious own that he came up with. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you don't own your house? <laughs> right. right. And then like, you know how everyone in the U.S. owns their house? Right. Yeah, that, right. That oh, really yeah. common thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I own three houses. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're all made of paper. And I think we need I think we need an American rapper there. We need to send Lil Xan to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, at, at the end of this episode, I'm going to go ahead and start a crowdfunding project Hell to yeah. send Lil Xan to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. (laughs) So, um, about bonds, corporations can also issue them. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's one of the two securities that corporations can use to raise funds from investors. Mm -hmm. The other being stocks, Mm -hmm. uh, other securities like options, futures, et cetera, are like more complex arrangements Mm -hmm. around these two basic elements. Um, so the first question is, 
why would governments bother selling bonds? Hmm, interesting. So we're all MMTers here. Yeah. Everyone who's listening, all about MMT. They're hashtagging it all day, yeah. you know? Um, Branding it on their forearm and shit. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're yelling at politicians saying yeah. like, uh, mm. you know, uh, taxes don't actually raise revenue for the government. That's not true. <laughs> taxes destroy money. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're all doing that. So we're, we're already asking ourselves, why would, why would the government need to sell bonds? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Well, uh, the main reason the government sells bonds is to allow banks to drain their excess reserves. So there's Just like, like taking a, shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's banks shit Amazing. out their excess money. Amazing. Um, so, Banks have like all sorts of regulations around them, and yep. depending on their size, they have different reserve requirements. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like these rules. I don't fully understand them because uh, I'm not boring enough to spend enough time reading them <laughs> right. to truly understand what they are. Yeah, maybe I will understand that like in a couple of years. But uh-huh, uh-huh. right now, uh, pretty pretty stupid. Yeah, but um, yeah. So basically, like uh, if they have a certain amount of excess reserves, they get like uh, preferential interest rates for loans or something oh, like that. Oh right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so by buying bonds, they can get rid of those excess reserves, meet those targets, mm-hmm. and so on. And then they also have uh, liquidity requirements. So mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a certain like tranche of each part of like all the bank's money has to be, uh, you know, in a certain form of money. Mm-hmm. So they have to have like probably a certain amount of cash, you know, a certain right. amount of uh, mortgage loans, certain, certain amount, amount of raw diamonds, all, all that kind of bullshit. Yeah, certain ra- amount of um, chattel slaves. Yeah, and, um, blood from young people. Right, right. Um, free, free. Uh, Dark energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, replaceable yacht parts. Ancient um, fetishes yes. that that channel the souls of their ancestors. Yes, I mean. Yeah. Like, frankly, like, what household doesn't have right. an ancient fetish that channels the soul of your ancestors? Yeah. Mine's actually but, in storage right now, but, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and and what's crucial here is that they have to amass a certain amount that they're able to then trade. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, it's really dehumanizing, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, let's see. So. Liquidity uh, requirements. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the point of this is for a central bank policy called interest rate targeting so they're trying to according to them balance the amount of money in each part of the economy uh in order to maintain a certain interest rate Uh which is supposed to control inflation right which controls all this other stuff in the economy because Mm. uh they have a real handle on how reality works and uh they understand, uh, you know, uh, cause action at a distance is not really a thing and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, this is the, th- I was gonna, I was, dude, I just came up with the two wild analogies. One is, um, the, the kind of people who are boring enough to read about bonds and master finance and shit like that uh-huh. are basically the kind of, and like my brother's like this a little bit, so I'm not trying to diss on people too hard for being this way, but they're basically the person who, reads through the entire entire fucking board game manual two or uh-huh. three times in a row in front of people, never gets to fucking playing the game unless it's Monopoly and then they win somehow because they're <laughs> fucking obstinate, you know? But, like, that's it. And and then they're like, oh, oh, you lost because you didn't re- read the rule book. And you're yeah. like, no, it's because this game is shit. Yeah. And then uh, the other and, analogy. And, and when anyone is like, 
hey, this rule is like getting in the way of us playing the game and it yeah. sucks. So yeah, like, how let's, about let's we just, just do it out. Yeah, we're just people. Like, let's no, just fucking no. Yeah. You can't do that. The rule book right, says uh, right. no. Yeah, yeah. And then they shoot you with their cop gun <laughs> and, you know. Um, you resisted arrest. Um, <laughs> actually, I was questioning a system that doesn't benefit me um, out loud. But and then the other analogy that I, that I had was basically like all this bullshit that like central banks and everybody else and you know again in finance and economics and like mainstream economics and shit like that and like fucking financial policy and stuff yeah. all these fucking wonks and shit yeah and Matt Brunig and Matt so Brunig's on. yeah yeah <laughs> like the they like talk about all this shit like oh we're trying to like um, level out the amount of inflation blah, 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 blah. and you're like this literally is the same fucking kind of thinking that led like Western quote unquote doctors to like bleed people and like cut holes in their skulls because yeah. sometimes cutting a hole in your skull lets off a pressure, but they're like, it's because there's spirits in there and you're like, Oh, Oh, there's spirits in my fucking brain. Oh, wow. And they're like, yeah, so yeah, what you're yeah. saying it is bonds are trepanning for the economy. Basically <laughs> bonds are trepanning for the economy. Yeah. Yeah. And bloodletting. Yeah. It's a, it's a ritual that actually only happens like to help sort of sometimes, but who does it help? Not sure. How often does it help? Not sure. And I mean, the worst part is like on top of not not understanding the causes of inflation, mm-hmm. they don't understand the effects either because they're yeah. like, oh uh, yeah, endless books with no conclusions. About yeah, this the, stuff. the reason yeah. the reason that they're that uh, economists want uh, inflation mm-hmm. on a small level, mm-hmm. they say that that it's good to have a small amount of inflation uh, because <laughs> if we had deflation, they must then be fantastic. Nobody lovers. would ever <laughs> buy anything because yeah. then. Rationally, you can just hold on to your money and spend it later. Right, right. Because, you know, that's how people actually think about stuff. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, I could buy a car now and be able to get to work. But if I wait till next year, Mm -hmm. the car will be, uh, uh, you know, $200 cheaper. (laughs) Right. So why would I buy a car now? Yeah, yeah. This is how things work. Yeah. And And that's actually, like, revelatory of, like, how fucking bourgeois their thinking is because yeah. they're always assuming that you're just operating in the margins and that like you're fine yeah. at the at the like at the foundational level at the yeah exactly level. that you're like I'm not at risk right now yeah. I'm not gonna be homeless if I do this instead of that like I'm just playing with like my fucking fat you know um, and of course they're they're never worried about like wages going up right so right the logical conclusion is eventually mm-hmm. inflation gets to a point where yep. nobody can afford to do shit yeah exactly. Fuck these but you know, of course, <laughs> Fuck these we need people. it to stimulate spending. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, these people right. are terrible. God damn it! Um, we have to okay. master MMT to destroy them somehow. Uh, yeah. So the purpose of interest rate, rate targeting is uh, to control inflation. Raising the interest rate is supposed to slow inflation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's more expensive to borrow money. Mm-hmm. And so you can't do as much investment, blah, 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 whatever the fuck it is. Who cares? Uh-huh. It's fucking wrong. Yep. Um, <laughs> but we can also easily show that uh, this doesn't work. Not even because, as it... we will talk about in a little bit, Japan has mm-hmm. had low, low to zero interest rates oh, yeah. for like a long time, yeah. and, and they and have like, deflation. Yeah. So yeah. and like <laughs> negative interest and shit. Like yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. sure that's all just like, uh, you know, distortions right. or whatever. And, you know, any, yeah. any day now, it's mm-hmm. all going to come crashing mm-hmm. down for Japan. Just can't, it right. can't go on like this forever. Right. Yeah. But the thing that we're mm-hmm. doing, of course, can go on forever yeah. and is what because should be happening clearly, forever. You know, in the clear light of day, this is the only way to do things. Which if you remember, 
right before the financial collapse in 2008, they were all saying, this literally will go on forever. Yep. We have solved yep. economics. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, like, fucking end of history shit. Yeah. I was just thinking about the end of history shit today. Of course I was. But, like, how it's so fucked that people live in these, like, like they're they're like it's like they don't recognize that they're like carving tiny little wormholes through like uh possibility uh-huh. right and this is i'm getting a little theoretical here but like people are kind of like creating uh they're like actualizing possibility in ways that are path dependent which is in the economic sense like it depends on what came before yeah right um and so their like their awareness and what they are physically able to do are all evolved in a way. Right? Okay. So you like your consciousness is evolved. Yeah. In both, um, uh, like a neurological and cognitive way, but also in a historical way. Uh-huh. Right. But then everybody is so fucking busy jerking off to the idea that they're like the latest fucking thing. Yeah. Right. And that like if I just do what came before a little bit better. Uh-huh. Like and like every idea that has fucking gone through one ear and stuck. Um, is is like the best I can fucking do, and probably one of the only options that's out there. You know, like all these folk ways and life ways and everything yeah. like that. Like I'm just I'm just the shit, right? <coughs> and if a bunch of people get together and they're like, I'm the shit, and we sort of agree, kind of maybe we think consensus construction, like we were talking about sociolinguistics and shit, like, like, then then they end up becoming fascists and shit right. because they're just like. Oh well, this is the only way, and fuck anybody who disagrees. Even though I don't have any kind of bedrock rationale for any of it, yeah. And even when I do have an appearance of a rationale, if you probe it critically, it all fucking collapses. And then I freak out and I become a fashion. I kill you anyway. You're like, <laughs> fuck. You know, people are extremely flawed. And um, yeah, I think uh, pretty much any time the left has like had a major loss, yeah, has been when people think that it's the end of history. Yeah, and that, exactly. Like. Oh, we've won. Yeah. Everything's good now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like in the 70s, <clears throat> there was the whole hippie shit. Yep. And they're like, oh, yeah. We did it. Yeah. We had, we had the social revolution. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, a hippie now. Like, uh, nice. Yeah. We're all, we're all done. And then neoliberalism <laughs> yeah. hit. And it's yep. like, well, yep. fuck. Just spraying cocaine. And then, uh, you know, right uh, between, I don't know how the fuck this happened after George Bush, but we elected Obama and people mm-hmm. were like, oh, this is the end of history. Mm-hmm. Racism is defeated forever. Like, like if we want to get into, did like, you forget about the, uh, like people terrorizing Muslims yeah, for the right. last eight years or, uh, I mean, Obama is like an interesting example of a concept that I'm like, admittedly only, um, kind of cliff notes familiar with Yeah, on the left, but like the idea of the spectacle. Yeah. Right. Which like, I think like it, Good band, by the way. Kinda, the oh, really? I should yeah. look into that. Um, but you can kind of nutshell it, like, uh-huh. like you know, the spectacle is kind of like this, like, mediated relations between everything and blah blah blah, blah and how like people are like relating to like the media itself and all this kind of shit. Okay. And like Obama is basically just like the spectacle or like yeah. a, a facet of it, you know, and like was a result um, and a vessel both for like uh, a fucking uh, uh, like PR boost yeah campaign thing you know like like he's a medium yeah and he's media and he creates medium and media and like and that's i think one reason why like this like the hyper hyper um unrealism of the clinton campaign Mm -hmm. just fucking just got eviscerated and like and yet people cling to it because they they were they were like they believed in the spectacle but it didn't function they were both like perfect images of like 
the political <laughs> thought at the time because yeah. and Obama was yeah. the the good version that people right. liked and, Ob- and right. Hillary was the real version that everyone hated because right. it sucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Trump is the same exact thing for the Republicans. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Trump is the spectacle in a way, and also Trump is like a kind of like inverse sort of. I mean, he's he's a spectacle in a bad way or negative yeah. way for like liberals and shit. Um. And so. Um, yeah, I think that that is a big part of like uh, the quote unquote end of history narrative with the Obama era. Yeah. Right? Is that like, oh, we like symbolically did something. We did something. Right. In big fucking quotes. And like, I mean, I remember when The Onion ran, like right after the fucking general election in Obama, like when you know, by like a pretty good margin and like. The Onion ran this fucking hilarious headline where it was like, um, uh, like black people all over the United States super creeped out by all the white people smiling at them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yup, because I could fucking see it happening, yeah. you know? And it's because, like, in a way, like, I mean, because, like, black people and other minorities um, were made into. Sp- perpetually made into a spectacle of, of their own kind. Yeah. Right. And like either fetishized or like all these other things that like, again, I'm not well read enough to like, like sum up in 30 seconds for this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But like that entered into that became kind of transmuted into like uh, a different kind of like weird ideological symbolic support system for like thinking that, Obama meant like liberalism had won. Yeah. Symbolic, like blue donkey, American, happy, rich, white people, liberalism. Yeah. Closing this section, I guess, of our, of our like discussion, or at least sort of pinching it off and moving on back to bonds. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) you know, Hey, Hey, maybe it's a balloon animal. I don't fucking know. Um, uh, (laughs) But, um, what's interesting is that, you know, uh, everybody blames everybody else for the uh, quote-unquote collapse of the quote-unquote liberal order yeah. and the rise of Trump and all this bullshit, right? Right. Like, we're all busy blaming each other, and we're all right, right? Yeah. Um, I've never it's been wrong, else's so fault, that helps. Except yeah. for me. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that, like, to me, uh, the alleged success of eight years of Obama, right, Yeah. was, again, with the spectacle thing, it was like the spectacle was a mirror in this case in which the socially dominant were looking in the mirror and preening. Yeah. Right. And then the socially non-dominant or oppressed or the people who felt that they'd been politically um, pushed aside, like the classic white working class and blah, blah, blah. You know, people, a lot of people who went Trump or Bernie um, or just, fucking classically just sat it out every fucking time. Right. They were looking in the mirror and seeing exactly what they've always seen and yeah. saying, what the fuck is this guy doing for anybody? Yeah. But them. Right. Yeah. And so it was weird because it was like a crystallization of all the things that had been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it clarified, like I have mentioned it before that I have a friend, uh, acquaintance, whatever. Um, who, you know, we were in our 20s during the Obama era trying to get stable, steady, um, gainful employment, uh-huh. right? Um, and we, <laughs> we, 
we ended up going, I ended up going ultra left mm-hmm. and he ended up going fucking like <coughs> alt right fashy shit. Okay. And it was from the same fucking conversations where he and I both like would, would be like, Oh yeah. Like all of our fucking lib friends think that like Obama saved everything. Somehow, right. Right. You yeah. know, and it's clearly untrue. Yeah. Like we are, we and a bunch of other people we know are all suffering, you know, and in Seattle that like continued problems with homelessness and like, um, various kinds of like hard drug health issues essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and other things, you know, and economic recession was continuing, you know? Um, and yeah. And we went in basically opposite political directions, but from the same fucking, um, sort <clears throat> of, um, not paradox, but like so the contradictions of capitalism. Yeah. Right. Um, I think there was something like that too during the Obama era mm-hmm. where we now have these two camps of like people <clears throat> with just melted brains, mm-hmm. just talking about conspiracy theories all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. One half is, of course, QAnon. Yep. And then the other half is the Russiagate yep. people. Yep. And during the Obama presidency, it was the Obama is a Ke- Kenyan Muslim yep. who's coming to steal all our guns so that he can make America communist. Yep. And then uh, Obama isn't doing anything because he's actually playing six dimensional chess right. and he's about to like unleash the hounds at any yeah. point now. Right. I mean, the Russiagate thing has like the same function. It's like, yeah. Oh, well, the reason things aren't getting better is because there's this outside force that's preventing the people that want to do the right thing from really doing it really having the power right but they're about right. to they're about to defeat it at any point now yeah yeah exactly and it's and it's again it's this kind of like weird like uh quasi-religious yeah um like confidence or faith or yeah. fervor or whatever in a thing that is merely essentially a media vehicle a spectacle uh or part of a you know and which simply exists to do what they have fallen for right which is to channel their social power uh-huh. into back into the elite yeah right and it's funny because if you <laughs> if you strip all the like racism and xenophobia and shit from both of those yep two conspiracy theories mm-hmm. QAnon is so much closer to reality <laughs> than Russiagate <laughs> so much closer <laughs> oh um, man anyway um so that's the funny thing about Bond. Yeah, yeah. Just as, like we were saying uh, just now before. Mm-hmm. Um, so how how is this whole interest rate targeting bullshit supposed to work? Trepanning. Trepanning. Yes, yeah. Um, so it's supposed to operate, of course, on economists' favorite shit that they explain <laughs> everything with, yep. supply and demand. Yep. So if the money supply shrinks, <laughs> the interest rate is supposed to increase to reflect the scarcity and vice versa. <laughs> Yeah. This makes no sense on multiple levels. For one, there's no real limit to the number uh, yep. to the money supply because yep. it's just numbers in a fucking computer. Yep. They can create as much as they want. Exactly. Uh, two, there is no demand for money, especially mm-hmm. from banks, mm-hmm. whose whole thing is giving out as much money as they can profitably afford to. Yeah. Um, so, if anything, I would think that interest rates would drive money supply and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that it's funny because like I've always suspected that even before I got into econ, I was like, wait, isn't this just because like people raise prices and raise interest, and so like you have to have more money? Yeah. So you're basically just writing it into existence, and of course, then somebody else was like, no, it's supply and demand. Yeah, you know? like it's just like how 
inflation is also explained by supply and demand. Yep. Like, wow, it's weird how supply and demand of money somehow <laughs> controls both interest rates and inflation. Yeah. But... but... Okay. Um, Some kind of weird bi-directional control there, yeah. Yeah, but also interest rates control inflation as well. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah. I don't really get it. Doesn't really um, make sense. <clears throat> but uh, what was I... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, people think that like money supply and demand controls inflation, but mm-hmm. I think of anything like an increasing inflation rate means that right. the government has to issue more money to cover the extra expenses of everything. Right, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I have this graph here that's like the th- the econ theory <laughs> of interest rates. It's absurd. Which, of course, is uh, you know a linear graph. Uh, the line is downward descending as they always are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some equilibrium that, uh, you know, that it meets there. So there's mm-hmm. interest rate on the Y axis and quantity of money on the X axis. Yeah. And as quantity of money goes up, interest rate goes down and yeah. vice versa. Which totally just happens in yeah. the real world. Really real stuff. Stuff that always happens um, exactly that way on a so I went on, line. I went on Fred, <laughs> which is the, uh, yep. St. Louis federal reserve, mm-hmm. uh, portal for, uh, like, all of the metrics that they keep. Yep. And so I basically made uh, some charts that compare uh, M2 and M3 money supply to the federal funds rate. So mm-hmm. just to explain all that shit, money supply is a bunch of different measures because there's different forms of money. Mm-hmm. So uh, M1 is the amount of actual cash that's in circulation, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, M2, I think, is cash plus bank deposits. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so, like, that deposits before. that are owed to uh, savers. Mm-hmm. And then M3, I think, I mean, I could just, I'll just look it up real quick. Yeah, go for it. It's, uh, I think it's math plus credit. Yeah, and, and together they, they form um, five mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which, if they are combined, uh, become... Captain Planet. Captain Planet. <laughs> And Captain Planet is dying. We are killing, killing Captain Planet with our with our emissions <laughs> and our waste. Uh, so, well, I'm killing him with my nocturnal emissions, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> M3 is a measure of the money supply that includes M2 as well as large time deposits, mm. institutional money, and market funds, mm. short term repurchase agreements. Mm-hmm. Not sure what that is actually, mm. and larger liquid assets. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just like larger, more types of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, basically. Yeah, and then the federal funds rate is the effective interest rate mm-hmm. for uh, central bank loans. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I made a chart. Uh, check out the show notes. I'll probably delete the first two because they're pretty bad. Actually, I was still learning how to use the graphing tool. It's actually mm-hmm. very powerful. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. You can put you can just put any data series on there, and it has like a drop down list that's like. Uh, do you want like the dollar amount? Mm-hmm. Do you want the change from the year before as a percentage? Mm-hmm. Do you want the percent change from the last observation? You, like, there's all kinds of shit you can do. You I can see. even like uh, make your own um, like data series basically by like typing in a formula of the data series they have in there, um, nice. and it'll like parse it into like a new series, which is pretty cool. That might be a little too powerful for me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just like a normal it's mortal. Overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so uh, there's there's somewhat of a relationship in uh, money supply and interest rate. Mm-hmm. 
1958 to 1975, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the inflection points in the series match up mm-hmm. with the lines going in opposite directions. So as interest rate goes up, money supply goes down. Uh-huh. But it's still pretty... Um, like uh, I don't know how how to describe it. There's a lot more variation in the money fake. supply. <laughs> yes, there's like way more variation in the money supply than there is yeah. in the interest rate. Yeah. Um, well, I think I just like it's so funny that <laughs> I'm hanging my head and rolling my eyes. It's just so funny that they're like, "This is how the market works naturally, invisible yeah. hand." And then you're like, "Oh yeah, is that why you like obsessively tinker with interest rates all the time?" <laughs> To control the money supply, theoretically, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Fuck. Um, Fuck. So, yeah, from 1958, that's, I'm not saying that the relationship only goes back as far as 1958. Mm-hmm. That's just as far back as the data series goes. Mm-hmm. So I can't actually see mm-hmm. whether or not it goes back further than that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so from 1975 on, just coincidentally when the neoliberal turn happened. Oh, yeah. Hmm, um, interesting. Probably nothing to do with any of this, uh, the following yeah. information, but... Mm-hmm. Um, the relationship becomes uh, much more subtle and conflictual after this. Mm. So if you look at the graph, like the interest rate starts going way, way high, <laughs> and the money supply is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then like uh, at, at a lot of points, like uh, the trends are following each other instead of being reversed. Mm-hmm. So as far as empirical evidence goes. Unless you expect me to do like all this like complex statistical bullshit that I really don't think is very illuminating. Right. Generally, I yeah. think it's and might actually just to tease be out obscuring. a relationship that you want to yeah. prove exists right. and not necessarily, uh, yeah, you know, proof that it actually exists. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it doesn't look like these yeah. two things are really related that much. Yeah, maybe it, they were at one point. Yeah, well, and, and, and I want to policy exactly, but I want to flesh out what you just said. Okay. Which is looking for the result you're trying to get, right? Yeah. That's econ. That's literally how yeah. you're trained to be an economist. Uh-huh. And that was one thing that was very frustrating when I had to do my quant courses. Because I'm like, okay, I'm not amazing at math. I can fucking do it. But most of like the logic in those courses is, well, the theory says this. Therefore, fit your equations to the theory. Yeah. And not like try to like fucking figure it out in some other way it's like no no no. if it didn't match then you have to redo the equation to to justify to to rationalize essentially what the theory demands must be said yeah you, you see i see I mean? this in studies all the time too yeah. where they they, yeah. they come up with this like that's model s- super it's just bad like the science. most complex math equation yeah. you've ever seen in your yeah. life it's like oh well we have to include more things just to make it sort of fit yeah somehow and then and then the the fucked up the data still doesn't fit yeah. the prediction of the the, the yeah. model and then they're like oh well there's yeah. probably some confounding factors you're right right exactly they always say not, bullshit like, not just like make excuses. oh i'm wrong okay yeah, yeah. It's literally endless academic level making of excuses yes like yeah um, and that's literally how they train to be a come they're not even economist. good at it they're yeah. not even good at lying they're not yeah you need to have more classes online for economists, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, even... even the, It's like, all right, so at the end of your story, do not say, and then everyone clapped. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and like, I, I even, like, when I worked with um, uh, a couple of, like, you know, um, like, OG fucking economists who've been doing this shit since, like, the 80s or 70s, I was trying to, like, write a couple of, like, fucking economic reports... Uh, for them to send to a client and like 
uh, I was struggling with it because I was like, how do I... I, I actually at that time still thought like maybe there's a way to make the like to make a, a, a good narrative out of these fucking data points that I, that I literally got from Fred uh-huh. or some other source, you know, some fucking bureau. And I was like, uh, I don't know about the future of this industry we're reporting on. And, <laughs> and they literally I was like, what, what, what do I what do I say? I'm, I'm struggling, you know, and the guy super brusque and it was just like just make it look good and i was like okay so like how do we um come up with like do you need me to make it look like something that a journal that's trying to make money would publish basically yeah he's like just like make it look good make the story like a happy story yeah and uh and tell them that things are going to be great and i was like oh i see (laughs) like you don't even believe this shit yeah yeah Yeah, very cynical. Yeah, very, very cynical. cynical people. Um, yeah, I was friends with a bunch of econ majors at my college. Yeah, which uh, I believe I've mentioned this before, but was mm-hmm. is uh, George Mason University, George Mason. Mm-hmm. the Coke-funded nice. college with uh, the Mercatus Center, which is like right. yep. uh, the most right-wing Ugh. probably uh, econ department in yep. the world. Yeah, I would say. So um, somehow. A lot of my friends made it out just regular ass liberals. <laughs> they just were very stupid about economics. Oh yeah, right. Like uh I that was when I got really into like uh the Zeitgeist movement and like resource based right. economies and shit. Right. And so I would talk to one of my friends who was a econ major about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And his thing was always just like uh well, you know, we could we could do that, but uh you know, it could be good, but it could also be bad. <laughs> and so we should just not we should just not do it instead. Right. Right. Like, it could be, it could be worse than what's happening now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, but, but, uh, but. <laughs> people all over the world are dying. Yeah, this is like like the height of the troop surge and all that yep. bullshit. Yep. And uh, it seems like uh, everything's kind of bad right kind of now. Really bad. Yeah. You no, know, we just had a financial crisis, and yeah. because of like, uh, you know, fucking douchebags in uh glass building in new york mm-hmm. uh people mm-hmm. are like being kicked out of their houses that seems yeah. bad right right it seems like uh it's hard for things to get a lot worse than that <laughs> from like the economy yeah yeah so but no uh we don't know what would happen so. <sighs> man oh my god that classic thing that you always know when you're when you're changing uh you know broad uh, you know, social change. When you're making <laughs> right. broad social changes. You're right. like, uh, oh yeah, we know what will happen. When, we know exactly how yeah. this will turn out. You know, you know what? Like, let's let's. We let's, could let people be gay. Yeah, it could be better, but it could also be way worse. Uh, could what be if worse, the family though. breaks down? Um, you know, mm-hmm. could so. ruin everything. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna skip the bond rating agencies thing. Cause yeah, it shit sucks. Basically, anyway. there's bond rating agencies, yeah. and they're. I think they're businesses. Yeah, they're businesses, of and they, uh, they assign ratings to bonds. And uh, coincidentally, all the countries that have uh, the high bond ratings are like the ones in the imperial core, and the yep. ones that have yep. the low bond ratings are the ones that are in the periphery, uh-huh. uh, and especially the socialist countries. Fascinating. Uh, just total coincidence. Yep. It's because of economics. Yeah. Just um, because you know, obviously, they're inferior and they yeah. don't know shit. Yeah. And they're super uncooperative and. So now we get to the fun stuff, uh, the case studies. So we'll start with Japan. Um, so Japan. So the Kokudaka had, system. Yes. <laughs> so rice. 
Yeah, so the central bank does all these cadastral surveys, <laughs> and uh, yes. they assign an estimated uh, amount of rice that they can generate. What's from, sad uh, is that might actually make banking more interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, cool, yeah, we're going to do surveys of like fucking rice, you know, fertile land but, and shit. But like, what level of polish is the rice? Uh-huh, That's right, what you yeah. got to really ask. Like, Looking at it with a fucking jeweler's monocle or whatever. Yeah, they call yeah. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're gonna have a, you know, if you're gonna rate a financial business in terms uh, of rice, uh, is it sushi know. rice? Yeah, yeah. Is it rice for Junmai? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it basmati rice? What the fuck is yeah, it? Yeah, what is this you know? shit? We yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um. So uh, Japan has had a low or negative inflation rate for about forty years, uh, which, according to economists, uh. Was supposed to destroy the economy right. simultaneously, bad you know, and impossible. Thirty-nine years ago, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but panic. Somehow it hasn't, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, another weird thing is Japanese government bonds, which are the equivalent of U.S. Treasury bonds, uh, are currently issued at a negative yield. So, according to economists, the reason that uh, anyone buys bonds mm-hmm. is because it's a rational thing to do because you well, save yeah. your money now. You mm-hmm. you defer consumption right uh, in order to get a greater reward later. Yep. But uh, Japanese government bonds, you pay a certain amount of money and then later on you get less money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a classic investment strategy, you oh, know, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Why would anyone buy them? Why would anyone buy a negative yield bond? That doesn't make sense according to conventional theory. Kind of defies ordinary logic, too. You know? Well, you see, uh, after spending six months next to a Japanese family in Los Angeles, I understand Bushido, the code of the warrior, <laughs> in which your self-negation is critical to the success of the society. Now, suck my cock. <laughs> Yeah, when you think about it, buying a negative yield bond is really a lot like seppuku. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was parodying it, but I kind of believe it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't want to commit, like, social and race class, like, like uh, essentialism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not everything comes back to fucking top knots and swords. Yeah. But I do really Except like... Except when the, it does. I do really like the <laughs> image, though, of businesses committing seppuku. Right. Well, they, I mean, the CEOs do that when they fucking fail. That's true. Yeah. Right. And they hang themselves yeah. and shit. Definitely yeah. one of the coolest things about Japan. I was going to say, like, that's one of the best <laughs> things about Japan is that they actually do kill themselves <laughs> instead of just, like, laying off. Well, they might lay off the people anyway, but, like, and then those people kill themselves. That sucks. Yeah. Instead of, like, getting them off their board seat. Right. And then putting them on the board of a, a different, smaller business. Right. <laughs> right. Right. We're putting them in the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, why would anyone buy a negative yield bond? According to Investopedia which is uh, the first place I always go when I'm yep. reading about this kind of shit. Just background on this. As much as 30% of the global government bond market mm-hmm. uh, in 2016, mm-hmm. as well as some corporate bonds, were trading on a negative yield, mm-hmm. which that's crazy. That's you know even more than just Japan. It's mm-hmm. uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the government bonds. It's almost a third. So their first reason is the correct, or the correct reason, which is <laughs> insurance companies and pension funds mm-hmm. who have to own bonds... Even if the financial return is negative, they have yep. to meet liquidity requirements. Right. And when borrowing, uh, they can also pledge them as collateral. Right. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they add all this other shit. It's weird because usually they, they say all the incorrect things first. And right. then at the very end, they're like, oh, and also, right. you know, in some cases, the correct thing. The thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Bear in the lead. So another reason 
is that some investors believe they can still make money even with negative yields. For example, foreign investors might believe currency will rise, which would offset the negative bond yield. So I tried to figure out how this shit works. So, okay. so I take $1,000 and I trade it in for 90,000 yen. So the okay. exchange rate is 90 yen per dollar. 90,000? That's a lot of money. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's actually uh, 90 times as much money as $1,000. Oh, my fucking God. Which is why everyone should go just to move Japan. to Japan. Yeah, yeah. You'll be rich. Uh, I could buy a house in like a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I used that 90,000 yen to buy 895 Japanese government bonds mm-hmm. at 100 yen 50 cents each. Mm. Do they even have cents over there? I don't know. Uh, I, I forget what the term know. is, but it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a cent like denomination. Pence, yeah. Probably. Pence. Japanese pence. The balloons. The balloons. Pieces of eight. Yes, pieces of eight are favorite. <laughs> so yes. 100 yen and 50 pieces of eight. Uh-huh. Uh, and those bonds will yield. Uh, 100 yen and 33 pieces of eight each. Uh-huh. Um, or some, the, the derivation in dollars, right? Yeah. 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 So in that time, the yen's trading value mm-hmm. rises to 100 yen per dollar. Uh-huh. So if I trade the money back, mm-hmm. I would have um, $897. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not sure how this is supposed to work. Right. Um, maybe it was, it's supposed to work like a short sale, which like yeah. I still don't like. I have to look it, it was, up every yeah. single fucking time. I think yeah. of like, what is a short sale? Because I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck does this make sense again? Um, well, it's funny because like doing that many trades of money will cost you way more than the two bucks you could. Make. Yeah, there's transaction <laughs> fees. Yeah, there's like transaction. Yeah, you shit. can't just like trade yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, like Pokemon cards. Yeah, it's like. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's maybe like high frequency have to, trading, but like that's maybe not even in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to give a you know a first edition holographic Mew card for a uh, you know second series uh, holographic Charizard, right? And you also have to give up some fucking uh, trainer cards. Yeah, god damn it! They're gonna give you that Charizard for fucking free, motherfucker. Yeah. So you know, be fucking crazy. They have all the power. They have the Charizard, man. <laughs> <laughs> They know you need it. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Nobody cares about the original 151 cards. The set is the original 150. That's what's valuable. So... Um... That's that's actually that's the that's the thing that was at the end of the Investopedia article. Yeah. That he he was actually quoting directly. Yeah, I was was reading off the web. Um... So, yeah, like, uh... Not only does it not make sense to do that, like... Even if it does make sense somehow, like... If the yen would rise against the dollar, why wouldn't I just hold it in cash? Right. And not take the loss of the transaction fee hmm. and hmm. the bond sale hmm. fee, which I'm sure there probably is. Yeah. Well, now this... Well, maybe there isn't a fee for that. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. So this is actually something... Um, so we have become, through the graces of um, fate and fortune... Yeah. Uh, friends with uh, Teen Shang from from Escape from Plan A. Yes, great guy, very smart. Uh, yeah, and he, he hang out with him on Friday. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, we were we were um, hanging out and um, and we also um, he and our comrade Jay. Um, oh wait, that was totally Sunday, wasn't it? It was Sunday. Yeah, you know, like I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> it's okay. You know, we live in a slipstream. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, you know they they guested with us. We guested with them. I guess it was a crossover. Um, talked yeah, to well, I actually wanted to ask him money stuff. to come on this, but I didn't think of it until like yesterday. Yeah, be, like, yeah. Pretty short notice. Yeah. So so, uh, so Tina and I were talking about, um, and I can't remember if this was a part of the conversation you were there for because you came a little later. Yeah. Um, how um, one of the reasons 
that the Asian financial crisis, which I lived through uh, for at least a year or two, um, and some of the, the aftershocks of it uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, um, the Asian financial crisis was um, partly a result of the tendency of Asian people, as in in Asia, um, to save a lot and not spend much. Um, but also if... Yes, which is, as, as if you could hear Ryan or not, which is caused by inflation, uh, deflation. Um, and when they do spend, like spend, spend, they're spending on things like assets, like, oh, I gotta get a, I gotta get a house or something like that. Um, um, like, it's bad to have, uh, what was it Teen was saying? It's, I think it's like, it's like bad to have like money in hand or something like that. Anyway, anyway, um, so, so there's this interesting relationship with money that they have that is unlike like um, sort of Western capitalist yeah, culture. Yeah, I was, I was actually here for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what like, are you hearing? They basically, they don't like having cash. If, if they right, come exactly. into any amount of money, yep. they, they buy a house or they exactly. buy some, some kind of asset, asset immediately exactly, because yeah. money is wealth. Into savings. Stop as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is correct. Yeah, which is correct, exactly. <laughs> and and um, <laughs> and so then um, the restructuring that, that um, began to happen because of all this pressure um, speaking of the whole end of history bullshit, um, all this pressure from like the IMF and everything was like, oh, you have to restructure your your economies and do this and that, and pressure yep. your consumers, pressure your people to like save less, spend more, save less, spend more. You know, basically like fuck them up. Yeah, essentially. Well, it fucked them up. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that with Japan, which is this like extremely capitalist country, mm-hmm. uh, like consumers were, you know. Um, making money and not putting it back into the pockets of the powerful yeah. and so forth. And so I think, as I understand it from what Tina and we were talking about, the negative interest was essentially a way to encourage spending. Yeah. If, if I understood that correctly. Um, it's something about manipulating the way that you see, like, the assets you're buying mm-hmm. and like and like the money you have or don't have so that you're like oh well you know um it's good for the country if i buy these like this like deflating assets and shit like yeah and also at the same time like oh but i, I should spend the money right now right you know um it's weird psychological shit but because because it's attached to culture and, and the way that the yeah. culture and the people that are in the culture view cash right, right. Anyway, so it's but a as we know, way you know, the that. economy is uh, this big machine, right? And totally the central bank is the, the Kanban linear. board that right. we all look at. Yep. And, and we just when plug they numbers lower in. the interest rate, that that tells us all, yep. oh, uh, you need to spend more because <laughs> yeah. stuff. We just know whatever, that, you know, because we're just and, rational animals. Yeah, and then we yeah. look at that and we're like, oh my god, yeah. we need to follow exactly what they're telling us yeah. to do with yeah. their magic signals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's obviously something that, um, you know, evolved in, in humans. Yeah. Um, somehow, uh, this perfect system of economics as a result of like hundreds of thousands of years of apes wandering in the swamps of sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. Right. Um, and eating like fermented fruit off the ground, which then right. got them drunk and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then eventually um, exploring... Uh, caves and blowing dust under their hands to make shapes on the cave walls. Uh-huh. This led to this hyper-rational system of supply and demand Yeah, economics. they went into the cave and they discovered uh, voluntary exchange. Yeah, yeah. And then 
capitalism was born just which is automatically that's what voluntary yeah. exchange it's is totally not a product of a bunch of fucking property interests yeah. in specific parts of the world it's not a total statecraft <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was invented in <laughs> the 1200s the fucking, yeah um god damn it <laughs> yeah um okay so let's see more on japan do we even care about the other reasons that they cite i mean they're so fucking stupid i think we just established that we don't care yeah this doesn't doesn't work um okay if you're interested you can read the show notes yeah and we know you're all interested yeah um everybody's passing out right now yeah (laughs) they're like oh my god i have to be drunk just to get through this and then they get too drunk because you know who would want to get through this Wow, you're just describing what's happening to me right now. That's actually what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is therapeutic. Drink up. <laughs> I think I actually will have some more. I'm, I'm drinking Rittenhouse Rye, bottled in bond under U.S. government supervision. Speaking of government supervision. <laughs> uh, so there's an article that I found, just to briefly mention it, um, that... Uh, the Bank of Japan, which is a commercial bank, I'm pretty sure, is uh, by far the largest buyer of Japanese government bonds. Uh, even though the bonds have cute mascots on them to encourage normal people to buy them. Of course. Of course they <laughs> fucking do. Uh, so, yeah, basically, uh, bonds are all bought by banks because uh-huh. they have liquidity requirements and interest rate targets. And all that shit. And uh, that's that's the reason they buy them. So even if they're negative, they will still buy them. It doesn't matter if it fits orthodox economic logic. Yeah. That's just what happens. Yeah. Um, Some science. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, according to another article from February of 2019, overseas investors bought... Uh, billion yen of Japanese bonds, Japanese government bonds. Holy shit. In five days. Oh, my God. Uh, That's just gluttony. Yeah. It was the most in three weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, the article says, in more evidence of buoyant appetite, an auction of 10-year JGBs drew the strongest demand in 13 years, followed by an upbeat 30-year sale two days later. So, like... These bonds are like hot. They're hot yeah, shit, man. Fuck. Everyone wants them. Damn. They're fucking free apple pies at McDonald's, Seriously, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, just like I gotta have this greasy yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta be something to do with the exchange rate, um, like because you, you know financial trading, as we've mentioned before, and which I've I've observed, you know, even in like the kind of capitalist context, like they don't fucking deny it. Um, like money behaves differently in small and large volumes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, because it's just a fucking number. Yeah. So if you have access, you have power over that number mm-hmm. and, you, and you can spend it as you will, but more or less, right? If you have some kind of liquidity or whatever, or you can make it liquid quickly um, and cheaply, then like if you're able to buy, say, uh, a billion yen um, and then do the little fucking, uh, you know, convert back trick... Yeah. that we just talked about, then you're making something like, I'm guessing like, you know, um, a quarter mil or so, yeah. you know, uh, because the transaction cost is probably some fraction of that that you can fucking afford. Right. Right. And then, um, and the transaction happens, what, like once or twice. 
right? Yeah. Instead of like, you know, thousands of times. Because if you're a small trader with almost, if you're like a fucking, what do they call them? Penny stocks or something, right? Yeah. Blue chips and shit. Day trader. If yeah. If you're just like, if you've got like fucking $100 to work with, you're not making any fucking money on that. Yeah. If you have a billion fucking dollars or, or like $100,000, to trade into yen. And yeah, I mean, if you again, have a billion dollars yeah. and your your shit gains like one basis point or whatever, yeah. that's yeah. like it's massive. Yeah, that's like yeah. ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the whole fucking trick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and all you have to do is deploy a bunch of fucking grunts to kill some fucking Middle Easterners. <laughs> yeah, indirectly through influence. It, that that reminds cool. me. Yesterday, I was thinking about. I don't. This is like so fucking random, but uh, gray water systems. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like gray water is water that mm. is like dirty, but not like harmful. Not, not like uh, yeah. bio hazardous. Biohazardous. Right. Yep. Um, and then uh, black water hmm. is water that is biohazardous, which mm. basically means like piss and shit. Yep. So the famous mercenary group uh, was <laughs> yeah. really named piss and shit. Hell yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, I work for piss and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. So next time you uh, talk about mercenaries, just call them piss and shit. <laughs> uh, and uh, Eric Prince is the is the prince of piss and shit. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so another case study is the United States. Um, <laughs> so, of all places. <laughs> yeah. The United States, surprisingly, does not have top ratings from bond rating agencies. Uh, so treasury bonds haven't really been in default, uh, in the sense that they weren't paid like ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in 1979, uh, payments of $120 million to bondholders, which come on, $120 million. (laughs) That's a lot for us, but that's not anything for those people. Yeah. Um, so they came late once, which was due according to the department of treasury to technical errors in processing them. Yep. So because of some computer bullshit. Yep. Um, hundred twenty million dollars came. It was probably like a week late, maybe. Um, yep. so the error caused the interest rates on U.S. owned securities to increase by six basis points, which equates to about six hundred billion dollars a year. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, so that that makes a lot of sense, right? Yep. Um, but the bond ratings weren't downgraded until. Uh, very recently, August 2011. Um, so, you know, according to the smartest geniuses on the planet, uh, the lower bond ratings meant that the price of U.S. Treasury bonds went down, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously that's what happened. Uh, just kidding. Uh, the prices actually went up, <laughs> uh, which meant, of course, sales went down uh, because of supply and demand. Just kidding. Sales didn't change significantly. Uh, because demand for bonds is created through fiat hey. and not supply and demand because supply and the demand real is science. 75% <laughs> bullshit. Yep. Um, that's all I really have on bonds. Um, yeah, we could talk about the other government bond. The one that works for MI6. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, unless you really want to. Uh, what, how are we doing on time? Oh we got about an hour. Yeah, good. So, should we read this uh, terrible article? Yeah, <laughs> I might. Of I'm, course, I may have quoted this article before. I'm not sure. Uh, so if I have, uh, just hit 
next on your playlist, I guess. Yeah. Fuck it. But uh, so this is an article from March mm-hmm. in the Washington Post opinion section. Oh God, we're off to a classic galloping start of, here. Yeah. Good, good <laughs> thinks. Yeah. Good thinks from from brains. Yeah. The um, most brain geniuses of all brains. Yes. Um. And it's by uh, Lawrence H. Summers, oh, who I'm yes. I am certain that we've mentioned on the show before, uh, in the context of Venezuela because. Uh, he was the president of the World Bank. Uh, so, you know, once you hear what this article is about, uh, you'll know that there is no conflict of interest in what he's saying. Yeah. And you can trust him. If for whatever reason you can't remember the taste of vomit, you're about to remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, where would my comments go? What's up with that? Mm. Oh, mm. they're there. Okay. All right. So... The article is called, The Left's Embrace of Modern Monetary Theory is a Recipe for Disaster. Great start. So, (laughs) we've seen this movie before. There is widespread frustration with the performance of the economy. Traditional policy approaches are not delivering hoped-for results. A relatively unpopular president is loathed to to an unusual extent by a frustrated opposition party that lost the president, previous presidential election while running on a pillar of its establishment. And altered economic conditions have led to the development of new economic ideas that reflect a significant break with the previous orthodoxy. See, that's one case where I would say it was wrong to start that sentence with a conjunction. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea, dude. Anyway. Um, oh, and he does it again. Oh. And now... Fucking... And now, these ideas... Why didn't he just say now? Like, did you think that flowed together well? It's a whole other paragraph, you dumbass. Look, he's trying his damnedest to sound human. (laughs) He's not a writer. It's fine. Yeah. He has talent in other areas, like giving bullshit loans to third world countries so that their economies collapse. (laughs) Which, you know, that's a skill we need just as much as writing. Yeah. it's it's a bit like uh, riding a bicycle. Yeah, you know, uh, once you once you figure it out, you never forget. <laughs> and now these new ideas are being oversimplified and exaggerated by fringe economists who hold them out as offering the proverbial free lunch, the ability of the government to spend more without imposing any burden on anyone. You know, economists that aren't on the fringe never oversimplify things. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. 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 Um, this is just classic, like, those people that were just saying that supply and demand governs the interest rate right. of the economy. Right. Oh, my God. It just reminds me of all the bullshit, like, um, you know how, like, right-wingers are always accusing people of the things they're, they themselves mm-hmm. are guilty of, like this protection Being in a bubble. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not wanting to accept hard truths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, this is the same shit. This is the same shit. Yeah. Oh, you're all you're oversimplifying it. You're not really looking at the facts. MMTers are just telling you what you want to hear. Right, right. You're like, oh, huh, interesting. Which you know, oh, interesting. In my experience, whenever I say things like taxes don't fund spending, the government can create as much money as it wants. Inflation is when businesses raise prices. <laughs> the government creates all markets, and yep. markets don't exist outside of states. Yep. People love hearing that stuff, and they just accept it right away. Yeah. I never get any pushback on my ideas. Oh yeah, no, I people don't think I'm. That's why out I'm of my so mind. calm all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay. During the late 70s, this was the story of supply-side Laffer Curve economics. It began with the valid idea that taxes had important incentive effects and that, in conceivable circumstances, tax cuts could raise revenue. Okay. Uh, sure. Uh, it grew into the ludicrous idea that tax cuts would always pay for themselves, and this view was then adopted by a frustrated extreme right wing... Oh, extreme wing of a major political party. So he's careful not to say right wing. <laughs> yep. As, as you'll see As later. they tend to be, yeah. yeah. George H.W. Bush was right during the 1980 presidential oh, primary campaign God. to call such thinking voodoo economics. Uh-huh. So that's like racism and yeah. anti-left. Racism and pedantry. And pedantry, yeah. yeah. In the decades <laughs> following, the doc- that doctrine did substantial damage to the U.S. economy. I don't know if this guy knows <laughs> that his whole thing is like just providing an ideological rationalization for the things that the ruling class already wants to do. And that's exactly what supply side economics was. It was well, just like, oh, we want to pay fewer taxes. Right. Hey, uh, eggheads, <laughs> go figure out a way to explain to these fucking dumbass idiots that <laughs> vote for us that, uh, that this would be good for them. And but, then they came up with supply-side economics. But, but surely this man makes too much money to be perverted by that sort of thinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, modern monetary theory, sometimes shortened to MMT, you could have put that in the beginning of the article, I think, mm-hmm. is the supply-side economics of our time. A valid idea that traditional fiscal policy taboos need to be rethought in an area of low real interest rates has been stretched by fringe economists mm. into ludicrous claims that massive spending on job guarantees can be financed by central banks without any burden on the economy. Mm. At a moment of economic and political frustration, some in the more extreme wing of the out-of-power political party wow. are seizing on the possibility of a free lunch to offer politically attractive ways out of economic difficulty. See, that entire I see that you highlighted that fucking... Yeah phrase or that sentence diatribe uh, that fucking diatribe and it's like that shit is has been like that fucking sentence right there they sat at a fucking table and they workshopped how to fit as many fucking like passive aggressive accusations as possible into one fucking sentence yeah They're like oh the more extreme wing of the out of power and it's like yeah because being out of power is bad yeah apparently. and and just lazy like, comparisons like, to the other strategically the, it's bad for the case they want to make yeah, yeah 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 exactly like um, oh yeah this is all uh this is all just uh well, free lunch blue. because it's politically attractive yeah right both sides are really they're just as bad as each other because yeah all they're doing is they're trying to get into power. Right, right. It's all the so same they can game, you know. Do their own yeah, thing, yeah. which is they're just their beliefs, their opinions. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. And I mean, it's funny because that's true of libs, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and also like the free lunch thing, it's like that just never. I mean, it's just like the free healthcare thing. You're like, we already paid for it, and you're like, you kept our money. Right. You know, basically. Um, and so we want to use the money that you took away from us the value that you took away from us, et cetera, yeah. you know, um, towards something that's actually helpful to us. Like that's, that's the compromise. They think this is extreme shit. It's like, no, no, that's the middle fucking ground. Yeah. Like that's the middle ground. The extreme shit is we on the kill way everyone. to killing you. <laughs> exactly. Where, where we go, we kill all shit. of your friends. Yeah, and then exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, it's, it's in fucking insanity. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we could do the politically unattractive thing if you yeah, want. If you really which is want that. us to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many people like, think that's that's very nice yeah, and attractive. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So we're actually, we're like throwing you a bone here yeah, when we make yeah. policy suggestions. Yeah, you're really throwing it back in our face. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of annoying. It's really fucking getting on my nerves. So uh, Larry continues. Larry. Modern monetary theory is fallacious at multiple levels. Why did he tell us what the abbreviation was if he's just going to use the full thing? Yeah, all that's the time? a good question. MMT is fallacious at multiple levels. First, it holds out the prospect that somehow by printing money, somehow, what? How, how could the government possibly print money? <laughs> no. Definitely I not with the money printers that it this has. This is possible. The, the <laughs> yeah. printers that print the money that yeah. we use. <laughs> Um, no, they couldn't possibly. Yeah. yeah. No, really what has to happen is uh, they have to uh, take the money trees that we currently get our money from. Yeah. And the, the money Which are carefully tended by we pump uh, it out Oompa of. Loompas. Yeah. yeah. And what, what you need to do is you take, you take those money trees, you, mm-hmm. you cut off branches, and you graft them onto uh, black locust mm-hmm. trees, mm-hmm. Uh, which grow much faster um, mm-hmm. than, than normal trees. Mm-hmm. And so they get very big very rapidly. But the problem is the black locust trees are invasive. Right. So eventually we'll just have too much money. Yeah. It'll just take over everything. We won't be able to grow anything else. That's why you have... You want to yeah. have your avocados. I yeah. know you millennials yeah. love avocados. Ugh. Guess what? Those grow on trees. And if you have too many money trees, guess what? You can't have any avocado trees. Yeah. So. Sorry, millennials. Checkmate. Yeah. So that's the problem with that. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So somehow by printing money, the government can finance its deficits at zero cost. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in fact, in today's economy, uh, the government yeah. pays interest on new, any new money it creates, which that's by choice, but okay, yeah. uh, which takes the form of its reserves held by banks at the Federal Reserve. Which which means the the Federal Reserve System, which is yes. you know the the government central bank. Yep. So like the one that yeah like is it doesn't matter that it owes money to it cahoots. because yeah yeah the bank just creates money out of thin air. It's like it's uh, um so well I don't know. Well, <sighs> yes, we should forcibly retire this man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is outstanding currency in circulation, but because that can always be deposited in a bank, its quantity is not controlled by the government. Even money finance deficits cause the government to incur debt. Again, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, who gives a fuck? The government has um, nukes, if you've heard of that. Yeah, and and tanks, <laughs> yep. and probably mech suits that they're keeping from us, yep. I would say. Oh, I'm sure. Um, like, why the fuck do I mean, you Boston think... Boston Dynamics made all those terrifying robot dogs <laughs> that I am yeah. 100% oh, yeah. sure that's, that's are to going turn to be on things civilian chasing population. us down yeah, with machine exactly. guns in the future. That's literally what that's... Sh- with that biometric scanners. Yeah, yeah. With, with data that they got from 23andMe. Yep. And, and don't send your DNA to a fucking business, guys. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. It's either that. It's either that. Or they're designing like designer viruses uh-huh. that will search for the specific the genetic specific markers genetic, that are yep. in like the, I mean, uh, the more rebellious lower class. Yep. And they're just going to release a virus that just it, it goes to you and doesn't do anything because you don't have those markers. Or just fucking kills you because yeah. you're going to be a resistor. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to bring it up like this, but you have you heard of um, GRID? No. The what disease, is that? also known as 
HIV or AIDS. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> it was so bad that he decided to end his life. <laughs> That's the sound of me dying. Yep. It's 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 the bottled in bond government rye that we're drinking. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry, I just went down the wrong. It's that's that hunter killer virus. It got you. <coughs> They're killing me because that's how it happens. They they found out that I found out the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. They're listening <laughs> in through my mic. And, uh, I'm hun- dead now. There's a hundred percent interest rate on your health. <laughs> this is a really shitty way to end the podcast, 0%. but. Actually, no, it's kind of cool. I have to admit. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he can't how about we take a little you. break so I can Yeah, let's do, let's do a break. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I am no longer dying, and uh, our scare of losing all of the audio we recorded that was is over. Terrifying, actually. We came back to, the, to Ryan's PC with all the fucking equipment set up, and it was like. It had, like, crashed or something? Yeah, and I saw a screen that I've never seen before that was, like... I hit the power button, because I was like, oh, I guess it put itself to sleep. Yeah. Which is weird. And weird but okay screen. And then it was like, uh, your battery is low. Do you want to continue booting into BIOS? And I'm like, well, first of all, this uses (laughs) UEFI, so I don't know why it would be booting into BIOS at all. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, it started up Windows, like... Like you were just starting it from cold boot? From nothing. You know, or whatever? I mean, I have to, I have to assume, because I'm a rational human being, and, you know, I I know a lot, and, and um, there's no way Nerd. that delusions would misguide me, but uh, I have to assume that while I was entertaining your smoke break on the porch, mm. um, talking about, like, um, you know, left unity and shit... Uh, that some some fucking fed snuck in the back door and and like stuck a fucking thumb drive in and corrupted your shit for a yeah, second. And now they're listening to us talk. Definitely what happened. Yeah, yeah. It was all part of their plan. You know, they heard me talking. Yeah. About well, they know that our podcast is extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, they know about that, our power. They know about my predictive abilities. Yeah. Yeah. And and if they didn't stop neighbor science, then this would be the one true podcast to start the great uprising yeah the great awakening the one great uprising and awakening <laughs> yeah um the true end of history <laughs> so where where were we when i started dying so okay yeah right there perfect perfect so continuing on uh this hilariously awful article <laughs> oh yeah so larry summers Larry. continues Second, contrary to the claims of modern monetary theorists, it is not true that governments can simply create new money to pay all liabilities coming due and avoid default. Okay, so the summary of that sentence is, no! Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's all he actually said. (laughs) As the experience of any number of emerging markets demonstrates, past a certain point, this approach leads to hyperinflation. As we've demonstrated, it does not. The the certain point, of course, being when there is a massive political upheaval, right? And uh, the emerging markets being uh, the economies that he destroyed as right. president of the World Bank, right? Because uh, he's a so. fucking dick. Yeah, yeah. More like Dick Summers. 
Dick Summers Got him. at the World Dick Bank. Wrecked his ass. He wrecked it. <laughs> Indeed. Summer Dick Ass Wrecker. Okay, anyway. Indeed, in emerging markets that have practiced modern monetary theory, no, no example of this or anything yeah. like that. You know, indeed, can't can't name a one. <laughs> right, he says indeed, and then doesn't do what indeed implies he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In emerging markets that have practiced modern monetary theory, situations could arise where people buy two drinks at bars at once to avoid the hourly price increases. Did he write this at a bar while he was fucking double fisting? Like, what's what's going on, Larry? I mean, that already happens. It's called happy hour. Yeah. We do this all and the time. And it seems to work fine. It's fine. <laughs> this is how you make money, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. As with any tax, there is a limit to the amount of revenue that can be raised via such an inflation tax. Wait, what? I'm going to read that again. Yeah, say that again. Because that made no sense. Could be the rye, could be Larry Summers. <laughs> As with any tax... There is a limit to the amount of revenue that can be raised via such an inflation tax. He's just basically, he's literally saying what he already said, which is the same as, no. He's just saying that you can't raise more than a certain amount of money because he's saying it's it's limited by tax. Oh, he's saying. He's just saying like, oh, tax. Uh. No, he's, what, he's saying what, he's saying? Is, what he's saying is inflation is basically just a tax and oh i see i by see spending okay. more see. money right 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 then it causes inflation which is which just is like a tax, tax. Um, but so fucking bright i mean um, if inflation is essentially what like the aggregate like rise in prices by various businesses Oh, well, actually, it's when money becomes less valuable. Oh, That's you're right. You're is. right. Yeah. The so. price of money. Yeah. Which you mentioned in an Onion article earlier. Yeah. I know that I've mentioned this on the show before, uh, but my favorite Onion headline ever is yeah. markets in turmoil as the price of money skyrockets to $90 a dollar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's fucking such good. a good one. <laughs> and that's basically what he's saying here. Yeah. Uh, so he says, if this limit is exceeded, hyperinflation will result. Yep. So, like, no definition or example or evidence or, like, explanation of how this is supposed to work. It just does. It just you know? does. It's called economics. Why don't you go take a class on it? <laughs> Third. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm just going to attribute that to me dying. <laughs> uh, that's, what, that's what the undead sound like. Uh, they don't sound, like, cool and gruff. Like, right. They're like, whoa. My ball just dropped. <laughs> Brains. <laughs> Brains. <laughs> Third, modern monetary theorists typically reason in terms of a closed economy. Um, cool. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, in the sense that an economy is closed to like the currency that it's based on. Yeah. Which is... Nobody that isn't like a fabulously wealthy person in the U S can like go convert their dollars to yen and buy Japanese shit instead of American right. shit. Yeah. So it kind of is a closed system. Yeah. Um, Which we, yeah. But, uh, okay. Hmm. But there's another conjunction at the beginning of the sentence. He loves that. He loves it. But apparently his teachers didn't drill it into him hard enough that he shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. 
it's like that meme that I've seen of like, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a hydroelectric dam. Uh-huh. Um, and the dam's labeled, I'm not racist. And then there's a huge hole where all this water is flowing through and it just says but (laughs) and it's like this is what he's doing but with like economic shit like but actually but uh i'm larry summers (laughs) but a policy of relying on central bank finance of government deficits as suggested by modern monetary theorists, would likely result in a collapsing exchange rate. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) That would certainly do something about something. That would certainly um, cause him to lose his job at the World Bank, which (laughs) is responsible for maintaining colonial (laughs) relations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's definitely that's what this basically is all about. because because yeah the exchange rate is as we mentioned like it's kind of like the bond rating thing where you're like oh yeah everybody in the imperial core magically has good scores <laughs> everybody in the periphery magically doesn't have good scores <laughs> right like everybody in the periphery magically doesn't have like strong currencies you know or like if their currencies are doing okay everybody's like oh what a miracle oh, capitalism did this and you're like yeah capitalism actually tried its best to stop this from happening <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 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 uh so collapsing exchange rate mm-hmm. this would in turn lead to an increased it would lead to increased inflation increased long-term interest rates mm. because of inflation the long-term price of money yes yeah yeah. Risk premiums, yeah. capital fleeing the country, oh, and yeah, lower right, real right. wages like as all the, the exchange like rate Like all the collapsed. real Venezuelans we've been hearing about? <laughs> yeah. And lower real wages as the exchange rate collapsed and the price of imports soared. Oh no, the price oh, of imports. No. Again, living in the core, all you fucking care about is how cheap your stolen shit is. Yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know... I mean, I'll I'll have to look into mm-hmm. this, but mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. much the exchange rate really affects the price of imports. Well, it it because the price, right. the cost of imports, yeah. is determined by the economy mm-hmm. that the shit is produced in. Yep, and then the price in this country mm-hmm. is there's there's a cost floor to it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the price really is determined by what they can charge for. I was actually going to say, I was actually going to say exactly that. Um, like he's. He's doing the classic, like, fucking, you know, uh, like, neoliberal economics, blah, 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 where, like, he thinks that, like, wages and exchange rates and and price of imports and all this shit exist in some kind of fantastic, like, uh, like... Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, Rube Goldberg machine of, like, abstract uh, mathematical relations. Yeah. Because that's just how, again, like I mentioned, joked before, like, that's just how a bunch of swamp apes evolved to do things naturally according to the fucking grace of God and cosmic... You know, uh, we geniusly built this system that's a bunch of levers with ropes tied right. to each other. Yeah. And like, it's just exactly how it always will have worked and yeah. all this shit. But like, we know, like, as best as we can know uh, uh, on the left, that like, wages are, are the fucking devil uh first <laughs> but like they're set by like these fucking proprietarians you know these business owners and shit like that and like exchange rate is a power relation mm-hmm. of some kind um 
And it may mean different things in different contexts, but it's basically, yeah, it's a power relation, it's an imperial relation. And the price of imports is essentially the, the like something that's set uh, by businesses and bureaucrats. Yeah. Um, capitalist bureaucrats. Um, because of their relative power in the exchange rate kind of dynamic. Yeah. Right? Like the exchange rate is just a symptom of something. Right. right. The wages is a... A device right you know things like that um and the price of imports is both a symptom and a device you know uh so the price of imports in a more realistic way of putting this in social terms and political terms is just oh yeah like you said like well we have this relative power you know relative mm. to them and here the system like the situation right now in our system has wages for these people like this wages for those people like that and so we're just gonna like fucking put a number on it yeah and the price of imports is like that you know this is a human fucking process this is not magic this is not math per se right it's not algorithmic per se it's just people doing one thing or another yeah because they're more or less powerful yeah so this is it's like a classic conservative argument where Mm -hmm. They, they bring this up when we're talking about minimum wage. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, if you raise the minimum wage, that's going to raise the prices oh, of the, price the stuff they produce. Yeah. With the conceit being like, oh, it's going to wipe out all the benefit of raising the minimum wage. But right. it's like, yep. yeah, if you do any, like even just the most basic math, like yeah. raising the minimum wage at McDonald's will raise the price of a burger by like one cent. Yeah. Yeah. So who gives a fuck? Yeah. And also the, the other thing that I like to bring up in that particular example uh, is that um, raising the minimum wage will only raise the prices because um, uh, owners and managers insist on being paid exorbitant amounts for their mm-hmm. very paltry contributions yep. to the running of the business. Yep. Like they do almost nothing, yep. as we know, and they get paid above and beyond what really anybody should be paid for what they do. For that, and, and let alone for for so like for the whole thing is job. like oh good yeah. point. The minimum wage, the minimum wage uh, will raise the price of goods, mm-hmm. so we should put a maximum wage on executives. Yeah, yeah, so exactly, they exactly. Have to go down. Yeah, which is actually um, problem solved. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And like to 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 cite another kind of like, um, well, this is less tanky per se, but this is more like just like pro PRC. Uh-huh. Um, shit, which which dangism is the most perfect philosophy ever? Is what <laughs> you're gonna say? I think. Well, actually, I, well, I wasn't going to say I that. mean, you put it in the show notes, so oh, and I'm just reading what you, fuck, you got put me. down here. Yeah. Ah, damn. <laughs> damn. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, I forget which podcast it was, um, but they were talking... Maybe it was Pearls again. Okay. Uh, but they were talking about how, like, in China, they capped CEO pay at, like, 12 times the yeah. minimum wage or something. Right. And I was like, you know what? That's actually a good start. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking fair start. In my opinion, I was actually thinking about this earlier this week. I was thinking about that, and I was like, shouldn't we just say, if we're going to have an unequal wage system, mm-hmm. if we're going to have that, right, and we're trying to figure it out along the way, shouldn't we, at the very least, in this kind of soaked dem kind of way, um, instead of saying, like, a number, yeah, uh, like a, a multiple mm-hmm. um, that's pegged to some just random number, like 12, yeah, um, I would prefer to see it as either... Um, a percentage, okay, like like increase, uh-huh. right? Like like they're capped at this this percentage more, right? Oh, like raised over time, yeah, something okay. like that. Um, 
And so then people be like, oh, I'm making progress in a moneyed way uh-huh. over time. But then you have other kinds of ways to deal with the fucking like inheritance and shit, you know. Um, or maybe even better. We um, can even go more liberal. Like uh, Jeff Bezos isn't allowed to uh, eat iguanas while there are still homeless people. How about that? Yeah, for a start? There's, there's that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I th- yeah, if we're going to be liberal about it. Yeah. You know, I think I would make a law that just says like Jeff Bezos um, doesn't get to live but yeah. like you know but we're starting small i mean obviously i agree throw him into darvaza gas crater <laughs> yes um yes get in the actually pit. i i think we should get lower in him in. i think <laughs> instead of throwing him we should lower him in <laughs> yeah this is this is the lower ultimate him into the pit yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> the true left-wing schism is should he be thrown or lowered <laughs> um okay <laughs> oh and and the other thing um is uh this is like if the exchange rates collapse mm-hmm. and the price of imports soar, that's mm-hmm. just like the same shit as a tariff, which historically has improved the conditions of the countries that they're in. So, like, yeah, what's your seriously. fucking point? Um, okay, so let's let's keep going. Oh man, more <sighs> Larry Summers. Oh my yeah. god, we're almost we're almost done. We're almost done, folks. This is torture for us too. <laughs> you know, you have to understand Basically we're doing the same this thing as waterboarding. We're doing this to ourselves for your sake. Yeah. The reasons are unclear, but we're doing it. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, you know, I, I choked on some, some rye earlier. True. So oh, that's yeah. Choking on rye thing is a rough way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I know what it feels like now. I don't yeah. like it. I think it's torture. Yeah. Um, okay. So he says, again, this is not just theory. Sure. Okay. My comment was, uh, this is LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to go, <laughs> this too is Ideology. <laughs> this too the Q- is yes, right, right. ideology. I didn't quite get it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've practiced uh, yes. Zizek quite a bit. Yes, yes. Numerous emerging <laughs> markets have found contrary to... M- that sounded like... That was good. That was that good. Was, I, I ruined it at the end there. But uh, anyway. Numerous <laughs> emerging markets have found, contrary to modern monetary theory, that they could not print money to cover even their domestic currency liabilities. And again, these are emerging markets that he uh, has. He and his in. friends forced to adopt a Press. currency board yeah. system, which means that they have a pegged exchange rate against yep. other currencies. Yeah. So modern monetary no theory way doesn't they apply. Can improve it's like literally the second thing yeah. that they say. Yeah. When they're like, "This is when modern monetary theory applies." Yeah. One. One. You have a sovereign currency that yeah. you issue and control the issuance of. Two. It is not pegged. Yeah. <laughs> so, two. Mm. Mm. You didn't make it to step two, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, you fool. Yeah. You're getting owned by fucking podcasters, <laughs> Larry Summers. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. The same is true of industrial economies. The Mitterrand government in France of... Oh, okay. is it Mitterrand? Mitterrand. Mitterrand. Government in France in 1981 and the Schrader government in Germany in 1998 uh-huh. began with MMT-type approaches to policy and were forced to, reser- to reverse course. By whom is what I always uh, have to ask. That, <laughs> weren't they on the Euro in 1998? I thought so. For those of you who are wondering, the silence is us getting in the car to drive to the library to look this up in <laughs> a book. Yeah, I'm totally going to leave all the silence in. <laughs> Okay, so the currency was introduced in 1999. So right before the euro. 
Okay. Um, so. So. I don't know about this shit. Uh, oh, and the other one was 1981. So, okay. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to guess uh, that these were not MMT-type approaches. I, well, uh, no. I, I was actually going to ask, because again, like, weasel words, right? Yeah. Like, which MMT is just type this entire... Yes. To yes, policy. Yes. Yeah. Like, what is he really saying? Yeah. I don't know shit about Mitterrand in 81 or the Schroeder government in 98. Yeah. But Mitterrand's like, Keynesian policy failing. Okay. Like, is he conflating Keynes with MMT? Like, I, I get how that might happen, but to some extent. But, like, also, starting right off, characterizing the French government as socialist, that's... Oh, did it? Yeah, right there. Oh, wow, yeah. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, classic move, you know. Everything that tries to take care of anybody is just socialist and, you know, I mean, fucking bullshit. Yeah, so this is like exchange rates. Oh yeah, right, right, right. So corralling, it gives a fuck, basically dude. corralling the argument back. I, mean, I guess it fucking, matters more in Europe where there is yeah, more direct yeah. trade between countries with different currencies. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, the euro is kind of having a crisis as well, and uh, <laughs> they uh, they aren't following MMT policies. They're following the uh, the Larry Summers school of yeah, finance. Exa- exactly. So. Yeah, I would say. I don't know, Larry. The problem probably isn't the MMT stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on, the British and Italians both had to call in the International Monetary Fund during the mid-1970s because of excessive reliance on inflationary finance. Wait, isn't that what neolibs do? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like... Um, excessive reliance on inflationary finance that's literally what we fucking do yeah this is more projection yeah and uh <laughs> shockingly uh during oh, this time uh there was a major crackdown on labor and public spending uh-huh by uh-huh right-wing british politicians yeah yeah so that probably didn't have anything to do with it no nothing so. at all uh yeah supply side economics was an unreasonable extension of valid ideas yeah um, few advo- few today advocate the top corporate tax rate of 46% and rates above 50% for a substantial swath of taxpayers that prevailed in the late 1970s. What the fuck is he talking about? I think the, I think the rye is kicking in a little bit on this one, but... Yeah. Few advocate the top corporate tax rate of 46% and rates know, I, above... I, I think, I think, I think, I think a think. lot of people do, actually. Yeah. Most people think that like, corporate taxes should be high. Really high. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he didn't see that Fox News thing. Oh, well, this was before that happened, so. Um, anyway. Yeah. All right. Last couple sentences. Almost done. God. Larry, you're really putting us to the fucking ringer oh, here. Oh, this sentence is terrible. So, too, in a new era when the Fed chairman thinks that neutral real interest rates are well below 1%, we can, we can approach federal borrowing with much less trepidation than we have traditionally. What? 
All right, let me rearrange this. In a new era when the Fed chairman... Ugh, what the fuck is that? When, that neutral real interest rates are neutral. well below 1%. I don't know. I can't parse that. This is some finance bullshit. Yeah. This is Let's just finish. Word garbage. There's just two more sentences left in yeah. this dog shit pile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for neither the right nor the left, is there any such thing as a free lunch? It's the responsibility of serious economists, whatever their political party, to make this clear. All right, I'm going to make this clear. There's a free lunch enforced for rich people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically the system. Also, uh, food <laughs> grows out of the ground all the time without <laughs> you having to do anything for yeah, it. So yeah. there literally is such a thing as a yeah. free lunch. And if you don't think that, uh, that means... You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, you've never been in nature before. Yeah. Uh, and probably just get all your food at like Obama Pond or something like that. <laughs> or Pret-a-Manger. Mm -hmm. Or some fancy fucking stupid restaurant. Yeah. I don't know. But where do, where does the cellophane grow in nature? You ask. <laughs> oh, does uh, well oh, it does grows nature, on cellophane trees? Does, <laughs> does nature produce uh, 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 cars and battleships? <laughs> well, we don't need either of those fucking things. So, like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I'm oppressed because uh, nature makes me work <laughs> to get food. Nature doesn't just provide food for me. That's what communists think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Real, real uh, self-crit hours yeah. here, folks. Um, we have, we've drunk a few ounces of rye, and, and we're trash now. So, You know, one thing I was just thinking about is uh, this guy's basically saying, like, I know... That it's obviously very tempting for mm -hmm. you to uh, to embrace these policies and and to just like uh, start issuing money all willy nilly because you know that just seems like a very normal thing to do. <laughs> and uh, this guy probably also thinks that communism wouldn't work because of a human nature. Yep. Oh yeah. And how guaranteed it requires us to alter human nature, mm -hmm. which is impossible. Right. Because people will just do the things that they naturally do. Right. Uh, which definitely does not include uh, falling for attractive policies like spending a bunch of money on public <laughs> services. Right. Right. Or um, negative interest bonds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, in conclusion. We uh, must follow. Bushida. I hope your soul is still intact after listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was this was a tough one. Folks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my brain has been cleaved in half. Yes. Uh, mine is actually boiled. And not the two halves that are like glommed together, but like uh, the top and the bottom half that's supposed <laughs> to be together. <laughs> right. Uh, that's that's what happened. Yeah. The, the owning class and, and the working class. Basically, I feel like yeah. reading this article was harder on me than drinking the whiskey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whiskey is fun. Yeah. Reading this article was like, was like a fucking... Was like it's like the fucking, joke blogger top ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except Re reading this article was like yeah. what the cops make you do when they find that you've been drinking. You know, 
Like, oh my fucking god! They're like decipher Larry Summers. <laughs> like, oh, uh, fuck. if I had a kid and they were really bad, I would read a Larry Summers article to them, <laughs> and they would never do that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're like, now do you believe that human nature is good? Now that I've made you do this, yeah, no, God. <laughs> I believe I can be bribed or cajoled into doing things that are better for the human race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that'll about do it. Uh, Glad we didn't lose this recording. That would have been really oh, fucked. Yeah. For those of you who are still conscious anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you enjoyed that, um, more power to you. <laughs> yeah you poor bastard <laughs> i feel like a lot of our episodes in this way and it's like yeah. if you enjoyed that uh you are well, a mutant we, 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 and yeah. your brain is has been totally broken probably <laughs> by us yeah. uh, uh so check out our other episodes uh neighborsciencepodcast.com mm-hmm. uh check out our our merch yeah I'm I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, I think I like it a lot. Yeah. It's the value of the I'm going to have to get one myself. I might get a hoodie. Yeah. Although yeah, I, w- I think this is good as a hoodie. Probably. I wish they had zip-up hoodies, but I don't think they do. Yeah. I prefer the zip me. hoodies. Yeah, yeah. They're so much better. Yeah. yeah. Like Pullover hoodies are like... my head and ruining my hair. Yeah. Uh, my perfect hair. Right. Right. <laughs> Pullover hoodies are for like fucking like, you know, varsity athletes and shit. Yeah. I don't know why that's true. It's just true. Or, uh, or... Stoners that need to fit like their entire bubbler in their <laughs> kangaroo pocket. Yes, <laughs> yes. Their bubbler in a, and one ounce. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the the paper clip they use to clean their bubbler out. Yeah. And yep. Uh, a lighter with uh, hemp, those hemp wicks mm-hmm. wrapped around it, mm-hmm. which is a better way, of course, to uh, to light your smokables. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. It's a lot harder, and you have to explain it to literally everyone, and tell them about how good it is. But it's somehow it's better. Um, I'm guessing by your reaction, you've never met one of these people oh, that no, have the, the hemp wick on their lighter. <laughs> I've actually, it's 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 actually way more. Of, it's not really a, a a a pullover hoodie thing. It's more of a drug rug thing. Oh, okay, like okay, rug. yeah. That's, that's I, was, I was gonna say, which like, I guess is technically I spent a hoodie. Several years in Seattle, and I don't know if I ever met the hemp wick people. Yeah. You know, but maybe it's just not a thing. I live with so many of them. Yeah. So many of them. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. One of them tried to murder me. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 The one non-chill stoner. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) it was the vodka that did that, I think. But that'll fuck you up. All right. Uh, That'll do it. Bye. 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 Bye.